Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hey everyone, for this episode, I have found some amazing Pelicanus news for you. Considering the protests and larger dialogue of dismantling systematic oppression that is gaining momentum right now, we wanted to offer our support while also sticking to our mission of sharing the positive and empowering environmental stories from around the world. In the past, we've done this by discussing some of the indigenous environmental protectors, First Nation struggles, or environmental justice pieces. But today, we want to also include what I am calling representation. We have a few headlines in that category, and then also a couple dealing with renewable energy and rainforest protection in what I have been calling drawdown. All right, so for the representation category, in the inaugural Black Birders Week, promotion of diversity takes on racism in the outdoors. There's a few uh, articles about this. Um, I pulled most of my information from audubon.org. And they say the inaugural event was organized in direct response to the racist confrontation Christian Cooper experienced while out birding in New York's Central Park. Since Memorial Day, the video Cooper recorded of a white woman making a false report to authorities that he was threatening her life has received international attention with over 40 million views on Twitter and orchestrated a discourse in the United States about the history of false allegations made against black people to the police. It has also fostered discussions about the hazards black people face when working in or simply enjoying the great outdoors. Amidst the anger, hurt, and frustration that the encounter has caused, it has also galvanized support for the very first Black Birders Week. Organized by the grassroots group Black AF in STEM, the initiative has united black professionals working across science, technology, engineering, and math, STEM, disciplines, and amassed over 40,000 social media followers. The core message of Black Birders Week has been to amplify and encourage more participation and diversity within outdoor and environmental spaces. I'm really excited to see that going. Oh, this this is a this is one we've been following for a while. Um, charges are dropped against the 22 Wet'suwet'en land defenders. So this is from democracynow.org, but we've reported on this story uh, in January, February, and then also again in March. And this past week, charges were dropped against the 22 Wet'suwet'en land defenders and their allies who were arrested this past February in northern British Columbia 
after a days-long raid in indigenous territories where hereditary chiefs have been in a protracted battle to protect their land from the construction of Trans-Canada's 400-mile, $4.7 billion coastal gas link pipeline. So happy to see that those charges have been dropped. Um, also in Canada, also with um, First Nations, the NWT First Nations shares prestigious UN prize for environmental work. According to the nationalpost.com, a remote community in Canada's north has been awarded a major United Nations prize for decades of work to help create a new national park and vast protected area. The Equator Prize recognizes innovative solutions to tackle biodiversity loss, climate change, and economic resiliency. The Lutzel K. Dene, um, I tried to look up how to pronounce that, but I couldn't find it, so I hope I'm uh, doing it some justice. Uh, the Lutzel K. Dene in the Northwest Territories are one of the 10 winners worldwide, the first time in the prize's 11-year history it has been given to Canada. Oh, given in Canada. Thayaden Nene, again, sorry if I'm butchering the pronunciation, which means land of the ancestors, protects 26,376 26, square kilometers of pristine waters and healthy forest. About 14,000 square kilometers is managed as a national park, with another 12,000 square kilometers under territorial legislation with similar protection. Wildlife in the area includes moose, muskox, wolves, bears, wolverines, caribou, and many species of birds and fish. The management deal, signed last summer, gave four local First Nations an unprecedented role in the park's operation. The deal took more than 50 years to work out. Oh my god. Overlapping land claims and concerns about mineral resources complicated the talks and about 8,000 square kilometers originally proposed for it were removed because of potentially valuable deposits. The award comes with a $10,000 prize and it also comes with an invitation to join events associated with the UN General Assembly, the UN Nature Summit, and the Global Climate Week in late November. The deal is seen to be a model for future parks and protected areas. Uh, this next one is really exciting. Um, I follow the convention for or convention on biological diversity a lot. And this last week, longtime environmental professional, lawyer, and diplomat Elizabeth Mrema is named new executive secretary of the Convention on Biological Diversity. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez has announced the appointment of Elizabeth Maruma Mrema of Tanzania as Executive Secretary of the Secretariat of the Convention on Biological Diversity. Ms. Mrema has been the Acting Executive Secretary of the CBD Secretariat since December 2019 and has previously served as Director of the Law Division at the United Nations Environment Program in Nairobi, Kenya. From 2009 to 2012, she served as the Executive Secretary of the UNEP Secretariat of the Convention on the Conser Conservation of Migratory Species of Wild Animals, as well as served as the Acting Executive Secretary of the UNEP ASCABANS, uh, Agreement on the Conservation of Small Cetaceans of the Baltic, Northeast Atlantic, Irish, and North Seas. 
as well as the interim executive secretary of the UNEP guerrilla agreement, all of these based in Germany. So congratulations to her. This is really special. All right, moving down to the last category, drawdown. The first news article is out of The Guardian. The EU's greenhouse gas emission continues to fall as coal is ditched. Greenhouse gas emissions in the EU continued their fall in 2018, the latest year for which comprehensive data is available. According to a new report from Europe's environmental watchdog, Emissions fell by 2.1% compared with 2017, to a level 23% lower than in 1990. The baseline for the bloc's emission cuts under the UN's climate agreements. That's really low. The continuing fall, revealed in a report by the European Environment Agency, came as the result of EU-wide and country-specific policies with energy generation showing the biggest decline in emissions as coal was phased out further and renewable power increased. Carbon dioxide emissions from transport flattened off in 2018 after rising for the previous four years, giving hope that this major source of emissions may be brought under control. I would say so, 23% lower than 1990 is incredible. All right, next one. Plunging solar energy prices spell bright future for clean electricity. Uh, coming out of Market Express, solar prices have sunk low enough to make photovoltaics the cheapest source of electricity in most of the world, undercutting fossil fuels in price even before counting costs like air pollution and climate change. Averaging about five cents for the kilowatt per hour, the cost of generating solar, elect solar electricity has reached lows that six years ago, the International Energy Agency did not expect to come until the middle of the century. For example, when Ginny Chase started working on solar energy in, 20, uh, in 2006, her job title was head of <laughs> improbable technologies, and she thought solar could only ever provide 1% of the world's electricity mix. Now it's already gone north of 2%, said Chase, a solar analyst at energy consultancy Bloomberg NEF. Still only 2%, but that's huge gains comparatively. All right, and the last headline. Indonesia to receive $56 million payment from Norway for reducing deforestation. This one's out of mongabay.com. Indonesia is set to receive $56 million from Norway as the result of the Southeast Asian country's efforts to preserve its vast tropical rainforest to curb carbon dioxide emissions. The payment is for Indonesia preventing the emission of 11.23 million tons of carbon dioxide equivalent through reducing its rate of deforestation in 2017. Indonesia will be the latest country to receive a results-based payment from Norway, a decade after Norway pledged to disperse $1 billion for an Indonesia's emission reduction from deforestation and forest degradation. Both countries have agreed to continue their partnership after the initial agreement expires this year. I'm kind of floored by all these headlines. Um, it was um, really special for me to collect all these. It's really an honor to be able to share them with you. 
I really love these trends and I hope sharing them brings hope and optimism to your life as well. Thank you and hope to talk to you again soon.